Macworld Podcast number 330 for November 28, 2012. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. The holidays are ahead, and believe me, we're going to be all over them in the coming weeks. But for this episode of the podcast, we're going to leap ahead to late January for my favorite winter event, Macworld iWorld. And to do that, I'm joined by the guy who runs it, Mr. Paul Kent. But first, there's this. I'd like to begin with a little bit of editorializing with something I call looking for disruption. It's staring you in the face, bub. The idea is that over the last year or so, some Apple enthusiasts have been demanding the next big disruption from Apple. Similar to Apple completely changing the way we obtain and learn about music, turning the mobile phone industry on its head and creating a tablet that people will actually use, these folks want the next big thing. And it's something about the TV or mapping or toasters or, or I don't know what. But the fact is, the next big thing is happening right before your eyes. You can see it in the Mac OS, iOS, and the devices that Apple's creating. But it's happening slowly enough that perhaps you haven't noticed it. The next big thing is that Apple is entirely changing the way we interact with our devices and our data. So let's start with the devices. And for this, we'll require the assistance of a nearby four-year-old. So sit that four-year-old down and place an iPad before them. Show them how to switch it on, press the home button to get to the home screen, and launch an app or two so that they can get the gist of the touch interface. Then let them play with it for a while. Check in in about an hour, and you'll find that they can make their way around the device pretty easily. Okay, so now take that same four-year-old and sit them down in front of your Mac. Start the thing up, explain what the mouse and keyboard are for, launch a couple of apps, and tell them to take over. After shoving the mouse around for a few seconds, they will turn to you and, in whatever terms four-year-olds use these days, and I believe poo-poo is likely to figure into it, they will let you know that the idea of shoving a mouse around to, in turn, move a cursor across a screen is insane. And they're right. We've been doing it for years, and so, to us, it's no big deal. But try to forget what you know. In the real world, do you walk around with a retractable, mechanical claw designed to manipulate objects around you? Of course not. Why would you when you can simply touch what you need? Same idea here. What's more natural, pushing a next button on a Kindle or swiping a page in iBooks as you would with a real book? If your answer was the button, try again. So, Apple is pushing us in the direction of gestures and touch because it makes sense. Next up, our stuff. Now, you may recall a few years ago that Apple was pushing the idea of a digital hub. This hub placed your Mac in the middle, and in this octopudinal kind of way, you'd hang other devices off it. So you'd have an iPod for your music, a digital camera for importing pictures, a camcorder for movies, your input devices, of course, and maybe a scanner, printers, hard drives, and on and on. So the Mac was the focus. That's no longer the case. The Mac now is just another device. And it is because the Mac is, or at least will be, no more important than any other device that you use to interact with your stuff. And stuff is the key. Everything is now about your stuff. Your iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, Mac, and web browsers are just different sized windows to look at your stuff. Some are bigger, some are smaller. So for example, work on something on your Mac. It's synced to iCloud. Pick up your iPad and continue working from there where you left off. 
or take a picture on your iPhone, and it's synced with your other devices as well as your iCloud account. So, if stuff is really what it's all about, file structure is far less important. You don't care where it is, you just want quick access to it. And that helps explain why Apple has eliminated file structure from iOS devices and is de-emphasizing it in the macOS. The folder hierarchy has always been a construct to help us visualize how our files are organized. But it's only a construct. It's not real. So what's to keep us from doing away with the idea and instead thinking of our stuff as simply just available? Now, all this is not going down terribly well with longtime Mac users. They like their mouse and keyboard. They've learned to think of their data as stored in nested folders, and they resent the iOSification of the macOS. Although Apple doesn't currently prevent you from working with the macOS as you have in the past, the company has certainly made it more difficult to tweak things as you once could. And my guess is that trend will continue. But here's the bitter pill. Longtime Mac users who think this way are not Apple's future. We're seeing the future unfold before our eyes, and that future strongly hints that those coming to the Mac will have had their first experience with Apple products using an iOS device. They'll expect touch and gestures. They'll feel comfortable with Launchpad's interface and simplified settings screen, and they won't gripe that their documents are tied to specific applications. Now, I am one of those longtime Mac users, and I understand some people's reluctance to adopt Apple's new way. But I also understand a little something about progress. And recall our forebears who objected mightily to the loss of the command line with their shouted protest that the GUI was a gimmick and I'm never going to use this stupid mouse thing. So, Apple has lost its ability to disrupt? Hardly. The difference is that they're challenging their own legacy. And now Macworld iWorld with Paul Kent, and I apologize in advance for the occasional Skype glitch. I'm joined once again by the master of Macworld iWorld to talk about 2013 show, Mr. Paul Kent. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. So let's get the particulars out of the way. What are the dates of the show this year, and where will it be held? January 31st to February 2nd, once again at the Moscone West uh, building in San Francisco. Okay, and the pricing? So the pricing is excellent right now, $25 for if you want to just come to the expo, see the products, and also get into our live zone. So that's $25. But if you want to attend all the talks and special events, that's just $75. And those prices, $75 are good until January 1st, and then the $25 price is good up until the day before the show. Okay, so $25 gets you onto the show floor, and, and then you sort of get to wander around up on other floors, or are you restricted to a particular floor? Right, good question. So, yes, the first floor is where the expo hall is. That's where all the product viewing and shopping goes on. And then the second floor is what we've called the live zone. It's where we'll be having the Macworld live stage, where you and all the other Macworld editors will be doing presentations and interviews and demos and those types of things. Uh, up in the live zone, again, this is all things that are included with the $25 pass. Up on the live zone, there'll also be the Apple Consultants Network. We'll be doing free one-on-one -on -one consultations and help. We've got fun things like the iPad sketch stations. We've got our music studio where there'll be performances and demonstrations of music products. We've got our digital art gallery. And we've got a brand-new photo gallery uh, of these amazing artists who are using iPads and iPhone cameras 
uh, to create these amazing works of art. And we're creating a new gallery just about that stuff. So all that stuff is included with the $25 pass. Okay. And then $75 gets you everything. $75 gets you everything. It gets you onto our main stage sessions, you know, the kind of the big training things, all the breakouts, the special events. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the training stuff are called Tech Talks. That gets you in $75. Okay. Now, we all know that the show has necessarily evolved over the years since Apple has chosen to busy itself with other things. So can you walk us through how Macworld Expo became Macworld iWorld and what that means for the makeup of the show? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we have spent the last four years, and, you know, I should say this is the 29th year that Macworld has been going on. And evolution certainly was in order uh, as we were building a show that would be enjoyable for attendees, meaningful exhibitors, useful for all of the press people that come to town. So as we have spent the last several years kind of trying a few different things in order to make the show viable, vibrant, relative, important, useful for all the different people who who like the show, um, we've gone through a couple changes. And so, yeah, and market has gone through several changes. I mean, Apple stores are certainly not the same as they were when you walked into them five years ago. And so the show has always been kind of this mirror on the state of the third party world, you know, people who are doing interesting things. And it's always been a showcase for people who are doing interesting things with Apple technology. And so the show is kind of fine-tuned and fine-tuned, offered different features. For example, we built out a really interesting and vibrant way for app developers. Now, app developers are typically small companies. They don't take big booths at a trade show, but they certainly want to be there and show their apps off to uh, other app developers, to the users who might enjoy using the products, and to the press. So we've built out this Appalooza area on the show floor where app developers can show their wares in a very um, uh, reasonable and cost-effective way. This whole second floor live zone stuff that I was talking about, you know, that is part of making the show this kind of vibrant meeting place as it evolves. And, and that really, you know, coming out of last year, that's those second floor activities were really created quite a buzz in that it was a great way for people to kind of meet and talk and enjoy seeing products used in different ways. And so that live zone kind of experiential environment has become a really, really vibrant part of the show. And that's something that we just added last year. So that's all part of the evolution. So, you know, we've been calling this the ultimate iFan event. And the goal is to continue to create a place where people who love using Apple technology, who love the culture of, of people who use Apple technology, who love the innovation and development that happens in the marketplace, where people can come, enjoy seeing the latest things, enjoy being inspired by great users, and learn how to use their products ever better. There's always hidden tips, trip, tips, techniques, uh, lots of things that people can find out. So that's what uh, our whole education program is about as well. Okay. Now, last year, you did kind of a, a turnaround where you positioned the show as a fan fest. And that's something that um, in the past kind of ran away from. So how did that work out? And is that going to extend into this year? Yeah, absolutely. So the ultimate iFan event is really what our tag is for the, for the show. And um, that's kind of the way that we build the event is, um, you know, with interesting things that people who are just kind of passionate about the technology so, you know, we have some things that are for business to business. We, you know, we still run an enterprise computing education thing up on the third floor, and that's kind of set off to itself. But all these activities are all about the celebration uh, and the enjoyment of using the technology. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Okay. Now, art and creativity played a large part in the show last year. 
are we going to see more of that this year, not only just on the show floor and then on the second floor, but also within the um, what we used to call conference sessions? Absolutely. So I think, you know, one major theme that will come out of this is the amazing things that people are doing with iPhone photography. We have a full-day special event called iPhoneography, the mobile master session. The session goes from 8 a.m. until 9 p.m., 13 hours of education, all sorts of things. It's classroom training, it's field trip, you know, it's kind of group work, and it's all about how these very, um, very interesting and very accomplished photographers are turning to the iPhone as a, as a tool of choice. And they're going to be sharing all of their experiences and tips to help you take great um, photographs and tell great stories with your photographs. And so we're particularly excited about that. So, and I'll talk a little bit more because it's so ingrained into everything we're doing. These, these um, lecturers, these, these speakers who are in the Mobile Master Session, they're teaching a full-day course on Wednesday. We actually call it a pre-event workshop, and you can find out all about this on our website. Uh, but then all of the instructors are teaching breakout sessions, and then some of the instructors are actually doing a main stage session to kind of give people a, a feel for the state of the art with iPhone photography. So I think, you know, and then, like I said, we're building out this new art gallery that's featuring some of these uh, really interesting people's works. We have um, Dan Marcolino will be speaking. Uh, we have Jack Hollingsworth will be speaking. Uh, it's, it's really it, Ricky Hernandez will be there. There's a lot of really interesting people that uh, are, are going to be bringing their talents to this. And so I think, you know, if you're into using your uh, iPhone for photography, this is really a can't miss thing that's going on. First time being held. So it's, it's kind of like a, um, um, a technology arts festival event. Okay, and is there an extra charge for that? Yeah, the pre-day, well, the pre-conference workshop, the full-day thing, there is an extra charge for it, and you can find it on the website. But like I said, the iFan Pass will include many of these speakers also doing a breakout session and then some stuff on the main, okay. on the main stage as well. All right. Now, I know that um, this year you've been shaking up things a bit when, um, in, in what we used to call the conference session. So you're bringing in new speakers and topics. So what's kind of new this year? Well, let me first talk about this main stage that I just referred to. So we've always had this kind of one big room that holds about 2,000 people. And we typically have only used it once or twice during the week when we would have, you know, some kind of celebrity that would be um, presenting. Well, what we wanted to do is we, it's been such an interesting year in the Apple world with so much new hardware that have come out, new iOS release, a new OS 10 release. And there's a lot of really interesting things for people to know. So we're, what we're using this main stage for is the big topics that everybody needs to know. In the past, you know, when there was a really important topic and we would hold it in one of the breakout rooms, the rooms would overflow, people couldn't get in, you know, there was, there was a lot of practical um, things going on that we had to address. And this is the way we're doing it. It's like the big topics, the stuff that we want everybody to see, educationally, inspirationally, they'll go on the main stage. So we have our friends, again, the editors from Macworld will be doing what you need to know about OS X and what you need to know about iOS. We've got kind of a state of the art of music. We've got the state of the art in digital photography and a lot of other special events planned for the main stage. And so this concept of everybody being one room to hear the really important things that are going on in our world is something that we've developed. And then, yeah, we have a lot of new speakers that are coming for our breakouts. One I'm really excited about is Jackie Chang from ours. 
is going to be teaching. She's developed a session for us based on an article that she wrote called Hardening Your iPhone from Stalkers, What Everyone Should Know. And it's these kind of tips and techniques that are going to be pervasive through all the breakout sessions. And there's lots of those on all different types of topics. Okay. Now, also, I know last year there were some traffic jams. So there was so much going on that people often said, well, I, you know, I want to go to this, but I, I can't because that other thing's going on here. Have you addressed that in any way this year, or is it just another one of those things where you're going to look at a, a menu full of stuff and think, well, it's either this or this, and I wish I could split myself in two? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing, we get asked this every year, is, is we encourage people to prepare, right? So stake out your critical path of sessions that you would absolutely want to see. Leave yourself enough time to go on the show floor. We have a little bit longer breaks at lunchtime this year, which is the time that a lot of the iFan pass holders go on the show floor and do their shopping and discover the new product. So, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have. I'd, I'd rather have people walking out of Macworld iWorld saying there was so much I couldn't get to everything than, than the other, which would be, you know, there wasn't enough for me to do to justify my time. So, you know, we think we've got an action packed schedule. It'll be a lot of fun for people, but we do encourage people plan ahead. Okay. Now, what about vendor participation? The last couple of years, with the popularity of the iOS, we've seen a lot of app developers. Um, but the big boys that were once there, Microsoft, Canon, Nikon, HP, and of course, Apple, aren't there any longer. So what kind of mix do we have with the vendors? Well, the show floor is, is a representation of what's going on in the third-party world now, right? If you go into an Apple store, there's really not there's not packaged software anymore. Everything is kind of being driven to the App Store. And if you look at a lot of what's on the walls in the in the Apple Store, it's a lot of you know accessories and those types of things. And truth be known, apps and accessories is really where the market is kind of humming right now. It's really where there's a lot of innovation going on, and that's represented on the Macworld iWorld show floor. So we have about 200 exhibitors signed up right now. There'll be about 300 by the time the show comes around. There'll be about 150 of them are app developers. So if you're looking for cool apps, you want to talk and meet the developer, you want a demonstration, you want to understand some hidden features that the developer can kind of reveal to you, um, the, the, the show floor, the Appalooza area of the show floor is great. And if you're looking for accessories, if you want to go shopping and you know spend your Christmas money, there's all sorts of things, everything from microphones to cases to batteries to interesting um, accessories that you can plug into your iDevices and your Mac. We've got music manufacturers. We've got video and photography um, add-ons and accessories. Godan Guitars just signed on. We're really excited about that. You know, so many people are making music with their with their devices now. A state-of-the-art guitar that can plug right in is is uh, really of interest, and so we're excited to have them. Storage is always going to be um, something that's represented on the floor in a lot of ways. HP, of course, is back showing scanners and printers uh, and their latest um, releases in, in those areas. Uh, like I said, microphones. Um, storage, output devices, and lots and lots and lots of apps. Okay. What about after-hours events? So the big after-hours events, you know, there's always this kind of vibrant, you know, party scene where, you know, a lot of uh, manufacturers are throwing parties, some publishers are throwing parties, but the, and those things are kind of, you have to know someone to get an invite, those types of things. But the big thing that we have going on that's open to all attendees, no matter what type of pass you have, is called the Macworld Blast. Macworld Blast is our attendee party. It'll actually be held on the first night, Thursday night, January 31st, over at the Mezzanine Club, about two blocks from the Moscone. And I'm really excited to share that one of the great all-time classic rock groups, Little Feet, is going to be performing at the Macro Blast. There's room for about 900 people. Tickets are only 40 bucks. We do a lot of product giveaways and prizes, and it's just kind of a fun party 
and then Little Feet and a couple of supporting acts are going to be performing. So it's a great time. I really encourage everybody to come. Usually sells out. Uh, certainly sold out last year when we did Modest Mouse over at the at the um, Warfield. This year over at Mezzanine with Little Feet, about 900 tickets are available. There's probably a little more than half of those still available. So as people sign up for the show, you know, check the box and get a, a Macworld Blast ticket. You'll have a great time with us. Nice. And it's a great band, too. So um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them. So in addition to your job of putting the show together, um, part of your job is obviously marketing the thing. So what do you still say to people who said, you know, Apple's not there, I'm not going? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And again, 30 years that the show's been going on, 20 years that the show, show's been going on, we have, you know, a, a, a database of, of alumni who have come to Macworld. And our alumni, you know, Macworld means a lot to people. So our alumni is pretty vocal and vibrant. And so, you know, we, we message out to the alumni about what's still interesting with the show. There are a lot of alumni who said, I would never even step into Apple's booth uh, in the past. Why would I now? And so, you know, I think that the education and the networking opportunities are particularly interesting to them. But then there's this whole new um, genre of attendee, this whole new class of attendee that um, they don't really go to trade shows. And we, that's why we've been putting all this effort, time, money, messaging into kind of enhancing, you know, what the show feels like to them. That's why these social um, um, opportunities are really interesting. That's why these cultural opportunities are really interesting. The art galleries, the demonstrations, the performances. And so we, we, we attract them in a different way because it, it doesn't feel like your grandfather's, you know, Elks Lodge trade show, right? There's a lot of interesting things going on at any one time. And it's the cultural aspects of the show that seem to really appeal to the new types of attendees. About 40% of the people who came last year were first-time Macworld attendees, and we got great marks in our surveys of them that they really liked the feel uh, of the show and all the things that, that were there for them. They had no idea that we offered all these things, and now they're coming. Hopefully they'll tell friends, and, and the show will see even more attendance this year. Well, what about – I mean, you've been doing trade shows forever. Uh, what about that Elks Club kind of trade show model? Is that dead? I mean, obviously you're doing something different, but do you think just sort of industry-wide, is that still a viable model anywhere? Some industries, but I think in, you know, we're, we're representing the Apple industry, and the Apple industry expects more. You know, the Apple industry expects state-of-the-art experiences, and that's why we've evolved. We've put so much money into the show, and we've been so innovative in all the programs we have, is that our market you know, wants a cutting-edge experience. And so the trade show industry is doing fine, and there's plenty of trade shows that service other markets that have been doing what they've been doing for years, and they, they continue to be important in those markets. But our industry expects more, and so that's why we've been you know, very, very aggressive in evolving the show's experience. Cool. Well, I always have a great time when I'm there, so uh, I'm looking forward to this year's version. And where can people go for more information? Please check us out, www.macworldiworld.com. Registration is open now. Like I said, you can get discounted registrations on both iFan passes and on, uh, on exhibit-only passes. Uh, the iFan passes, $75 until January 1st, and then they go up to $100. And then the iFan, uh, the exhibit-only pass, excuse me, $25 up until the day before the show. So I hope everybody registers. We'd love to see a great crowd of Apple lovers and Apple product lovers and have a chance to meet Chris Breen and have <laughs> all the, uh, the Macworld uh, editors as well. So, But most important, the, the holiday season is coming up. Can I gift a pass to somebody? Uh, well, you, you can sure buy, buy a pass and register in their name and, and, and give them the receipt for it. And that would be the same as gifting them a pass. So absolutely. Cool. Thanks very much, Paul. Pleasure talking to you, Chris. 
And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank Paul Kant and, of course, you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac OS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you around.